0: Today we celebrate Pentecost and we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit to all people and the work of the Holy Spirit among the first followers of Jesus, descending upon them as tongues of fire and drawing them together in community to form what we now know as the Church. As Episcopalians, it can feel like we don't talk about the Holy Spirit very much. We talk about God as parent, as father or mother. We talk about God as Jesus, the son. But we tend to sort of skip over the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the eccentric uncle of the Holy Trinity. He's definitely invited to the wedding, but you don't want to get sit next to him at dinner. This is in part because, compared to God the Creator and God the Savior Jesus, the Holy Spirit appears relatively rarely in our scriptures. And it's in part because we Episcopalians tend to be an introverted bunch, and we like things to be done decently and in good order, without a lot of fuss. We worry that if we focus on the Holy Spirit too much, we might suddenly become like a Pentecostal church on late-night cable access with people speaking out of turn and dancing and making this gesture. (laughs) It's the speaking out of turn that would be the most offensive. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit, whom we celebrate at Pentecost, is God, just as fully as God the Creator and just as fully as the God that we meet in Jesus. And if we lean away from exploring the work of the Holy Spirit in our tradition and in us and in our community, we miss out on a central part of who God is and how God works in the world. God, the Holy Spirit, when we first encounter the Spirit is at the very beginning of Scripture, before creation even begins. There we see the Holy Spirit described as breath, or as wind. It's a feminine word in Hebrew, brooding over the waters. And then the Holy Spirit doesn't appear again for several books until God has commanded the people of Israel to build a temple for God to dwell in, And then the Spirit of God suddenly appears upon the artists charged with creating art for the new temple. And we see an essential feature of the work of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is associated with creativity, with that spark within human beings that allows us to create beauty. In the Jewish and Christian traditions, God is the first creator And all subsequent acts of creativity are the sign of the Holy Spirit of God moving within a human person. Every painter, every sculptor, every writer, each one of us who has had one of those sudden realizations or moments of inspiration when things click, has experienced the work of the Holy Spirit. God, the creator, working in us. In the rest of the Hebrew Bible, the Holy Spirit is most often described as coming on the people of God, from Moses to the judges to the kings and the prophets. The Spirit of God leads ordinary people, giving them words when they don't know what to say, direction when they don't know what to do, giving them the capacity to do what they could not do on their own. Moses meets God at the burning bush. And God commands him to lead the people of Israel out of slavery. And Moses says, no, I couldn't possibly do it. And the Holy Spirit comes upon him, giving him power to lead his people out of slavery into freedom. The same Spirit comes on the elders of Israel that they can care for their people while they wander in the desert. Continues to speak through the prophets. Guiding, leading, giving words, giving inspiration. And that same pattern continues in the New Testament. The spirit, now in Greek pneuma, also a feminine word, comes upon Mary, the mother of Jesus, giving her the strength to say yes to God's amazing question. The Holy Spirit also gives Mary the insight to understand what her son will mean for the world, that her son will lift up the lowly and bring down those in high places. The Holy Spirit comes upon her cousin Elizabeth, allowing Elizabeth to recognize the Messiah being carried by her cousin and to give Mary words of affirmation. And then something interesting happens. Jesus is born, and the Holy Spirit disappears for a while. Because while Jesus is on earth, the Spirit is silent. And this is to indicate to us that God is fully present in Jesus. There's no need for God the Spirit to move within people and inspire them, because God is already present right there in Jesus of Nazareth. But toward the end of his life, knowing that he's about to be crucified, Jesus tries to prepare his disciples for life without him. This is what we overhear in our gospel text today. Jesus says, I'm going away. And to his his despondent disciples, they're confused, they're overwhelmed, and they have no idea who will guide them. Jesus reassures them, when I go away, I'll send an advocate which is an interesting word, an advocate and a comforter. And in fact, he says, and this is sort of shocking, in fact, he says, it's in your best interest that I go away. Because unless I go away, this advocate and comforter won't come to be with you. And in fact, he says today in the Gospel of John, this advocate will allow you to do works even greater than the works I did when I was on earth. The suggestion, the promise that Jesus makes, is that, the, is that the presence of the Holy Spirit within the disciples will be even better for them than the, fe- the physical presence of Jesus of Nazareth. Sort of a shocking idea. But the implication is that the Holy Spirit doesn't have the human limits that Jesus does. Jesus could only be present in one place at one time. He was God, but he was also human. When he was in Nazareth, he couldn't be in Bethlehem. When he was talking on one side of the room with Mary, he couldn't be on the other side of the room talking to Thomas. But the Holy Spirit doesn't have these limits. The Holy Spirit can be with each and every person in every time and place. And so Jesus promises that when he goes away, he will send the very presence of God to live within every human heart. No longer limited to the Holy Land, no longer limited to one time and place, to one person, but everywhere. Everywhere all the time. And the Pentecost story that we celebrate today is the fulfillment of that promise that Jesus made. As the disciples gather in Jerusalem, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind comes. Remember the wind that dwelled over the waters at creation. And that breath descends on them and comes to rest on each disciple. And the spirit that comes to rest with each person is the same one that created the universe, the same one that inspired the artists who created the temple, the same spirit that spoke through the prophets, the same one that gave Mary the strength to say yes to God, that same Spirit comes to inspire. Inspire means to breathe through the disciples on Pentecost. And the audacious claim of our faith is that same Spirit of God is within each one of us. Every one of us in this room, right at this moment. The Spirit of God present in our hearts is just as fully God as Jesus of Nazareth. Just as much God as the power that created the universe. Through the Holy Spirit, God is really here in you and in me. Not usually one arguing to take scripture literally, but I think this one is meant to be literal. God is present really, literally present within each human person. St. Paul says that this makes our very bodies into temples, into places where heaven and earth come together. That presence of the Holy Spirit makes us sacred. You, me, our friends, our enemies, every human person throughout the world permeated, shot through with the Holy Spirit. Every human person made into a place where God dwells, a temple of the Holy Spirit, a place where heaven and earth meet. And as we learn from Scripture, the Holy Spirit is the source of human creativity, the source of that deep knowing we experience when we manage to sort of clear away all the distractions, and listen to our heart. The Holy Spirit is that wise voice that guides us. The Holy Spirit is the one that disrupts us when maybe we're a little too comfortable and need a push into something new. And as we learn in the Pentecost story, the Holy Spirit is the source of our connection and our community, our our ability to communicate across difference. That same Spirit that's in me is also in you. And that means we're made of the same stuff, that we are connected, that we're one. The Holy Spirit exists at a level of reality deeper than the one we can see. And in today's Pentecost story, we get a glimpse of that deeper reality. That in the same way that Jesus came into the world to share our human nature, our joys, and our sufferings, in the same way God has come to dwell within every human heart as the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit dwells within us to do the same thing that the Spirit did at the first Pentecost, to spark creativity, to inspire us, to bring something new into being, to connect people that were once strangers to one another. To reveal the sacred worth of every human person. To make each one of us a temple of the Spirit of God. To change the human heart, and in that way, to change the world. What if we lived as if this were true? What if we lived as if we truly believed that God is fully alive and present in each one of us. And that every human person, those we know, those we don't know, those we like, those we don't like, was equally a temple of God's spirit. How might that change us? How might that change how we live, how we treat others, our commitment to make the world a better place. We clear enough space in our hearts and in our minds for the Spirit to work. The Spirit sparks our creativity, draws us deeper into community, and creates among us something new. May it be so. Amen.